As soon as I walk in the sacristy this morning, Don looks at me. He looks at my feet and he says, look at those feet. The beautiful, beautiful feet. I said, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Someone's got to preach. And, uh, and I have been sent. Though my own uh, story of being called isn't so simple and uh, clear as the one in the gospel. In fact, most stories of conversion aren't so, uh, so clear. Yeah. I think it's a good moment to, to remember, though, that the Gospels are not written as fully fleshed out narratives. They were never meant to be. They're written rather as notes, yeah, as notes, so that what happens between and after everything would have been filled in in the beginning in the flesh, right, from the communities of people uh, around which these Gospels came about. Because the Gospels are all based on two things, an eyewitness account, yeah, with the one that saw what happened and then was writing this down. And the community that he was talking to, who he wanted to communicate something to, which this is important. So in the Gospel of Matthew, we know the general audience is a Jewish community, which I had read that even this gospel would have, would have been strange to Jews in the first century because potential disciples at that time would, were supposed to go out and find a master themselves. It would have been strange for the master to go and choose his disciples. But here we have Jesus himself as the one who calls, as the one who sends uh, to preach. I think for us, there's three really easy things that we can take uh, from today's gospel. The first is the fact that the fact that the, the, the call and the conversion is so abrupt shows very powerfully how persuasive and attractive Jesus is. The fact that it's immediately he calls and they go, said, this man, I want to be with this man. His presence is that attractive. The second thing is that Jesus' call is always related with being in relationship with others. Come with me and I will make you fishers of men. So the life with Christ always has as an object um, uh, others, charity, being on mission. There is no Christian that is called to be by themselves. Being Christian, being called to be Christian, essentially has to do with being on mission, being outward looking. And this is something uh, that's, that's, that's truly for all of us. The third thing that I find striking, at least, is the place where they're called. They're called at work. And this is fascinating because normally... You know, work seems to be a place separated from life. Well, this is where I go and do this thing where I make money, but real life happens after work. But here very clearly we see Jesus can come and call you even during work. And so the adventure of life and the kind of attentiveness that we're called to have even includes going to work. Now, those are the three things. The final thing, though, because it's St. Andrew, we all know how his life ended, yes? Yes like all the other apostles, uh, minus John and Judas, with martyrdom. Traditionally, Andrew on the, on the cross, on the X-shaped cross. You wonder what he was thinking there in the end. Did you think, uh, has my life been betrayed? Has this Jesus betrayed me by leading me to this martyrdom? If I could have gone back to the Sea of Galilee while I was there fishing, would I have still said Yes. And I'm sure absolutely 100% he would have said yes. That Christ never calls us uh, 
so that later he turns the thing and says, ah, now you have to die for me. Of course, in the beginning, he doesn't tell you you're going to die. So he allows the relationship to grow and grow and grow until we arrive at a kind of maturity that we're able to fully give ourselves to him. And he doesn't ask of that until we're ready for it. But so we're all called to walk a path with Christ that leads to this full maturity, which is that capacity to totally give everything. Because we ourselves are made to give everything. And Christ, when he calls, always asks everything from us.